0: Hi, I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimise your mind, body and well-being. Welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Spencer. My guest this week is Raoul Monks. I'm hoping I've pronounced your name correctly there. Oh, perfect. Raoul is a marathon and an ultra-marathon runner. He's also the founder and director of a sales training, coaching, consultancy company in London called Flume Training. He's a devoted father of two boys, as he describes himself on Twitter. And he has just done something quite extraordinary. What we like doing on this show is is bringing in. I hope you don't mind me describing you as a sort of everyday person, but. An everyday person, if you like, who doesn't purport to be a great expert on anything particular relating to health, fitness, and well-being, but has done something very, very extraordinary. And I think that's you know, it's, it's exactly the kind of guest that we like to have on here. What he's done is he's run seven marathons in seven days to raise money for the East Anglia Children's Hospital. And I think you've raised about £3,000 when I had a quick look at the Virgin Money Giving page, which is, is phenomenal. So, Raoul, welcome to the show, first of all. Thank
1: you. Hi. Pleasure to yeah. be here.
0: Good, good, good. So, let's start then with a little bit of background on you. There's this extraordinary thing that you've achieved: seven and seven days, at seven different countries. I think is that right?
1: That's right. Yeah, seven.
0: Yeah. So I shouldn't forget that bit. <laughs> yeah, which adds a whole new dimension of, of difficulty and challenge to the whole thing, logistical as well as physical. But just give us a bit of background on you. You know, how much running have you done in the past? What got you into running? Why did you want to do this challenge? And I will take it from there.
1: Okay. So I. Got into running kind of because of my dad. First off, he was a strong runner. When I was growing up, I always remember him coming in, panting, screaming and effing and blinding because he couldn't breathe after running. And that was just normal evening for me. So he was very, very strong, but not distance wise. He was a sprinter. And I used to go running with him once in a while. And so I always kind of grew up with it was always kind of naturally quite good at it at school, cross-country, but then I completely and utterly forgot about it when I met beer and <laughs> decided not to do much more physical stuff. It
0: took me a second to register what you meant there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got it, yeah. It took over for a while. Yeah,
1: it does. At 24, I was speaking to my brother, and he said he was going to enter a marathon with his work, and he asked me if I wanted to. I'm quite competitive with my brother in a nice way, and so I thought i will go and see if I could beat him. And we had a horrible but amazing first marathon. We both kind of got the bug at that point. Mm. And then I did a couple more marathons with him. My dad actually randomly started around the same time as well on the marathon side of things because he hadn't done them before. Which one did you do first? Harris. Okay. Which actually was one of the ones that I redid this time, albeit I say redid, I was in Paris, I was lost in Paris, I wasn't running in the actual route, I was meant to be running in Paris, right? but I was definitely there I saw the Eiffel Tower, so I was definitely there. Yeah. Yeah, that was my first one, then I did London, no, London was later actually, I did um, New York. But then I had kids when we were about 27, I was about 27, 28, and again I just backed away from running for a long time and talked... And talked and talked to their mum about me doing another marathon, desperate too. But I was just so tired and just completely kind of went off the ball with running. But one day she said to me, she said, Raul, you keep on moaning about wanting to do another marathon. You haven't even gone out for a run in four and a half years. Just go out for an actual run. And I did. And I kind of got the bug again then. Mm. And I've done quite a few marathons since. I... Then moved on to ultra marathons when my brother started beating me in marathons and I thought he's not going to go that far so I'll just go (laughs) further (laughs) because he can't beat me. And My brother's exceptionally strong at marathons and I then had a bit of a horrible time where one of my close friends passed away actually and I wasn't there in the capacity I wanted to be and he passed away from, well it was Crohn's that kind of got him but then cancer and because I wasn't there... I felt so horrible. I thought I've got to do something to try and say sorry. So I raised money by doing three ultras in, I think it was a month and a half or something like that. So I did London to Brighton. I did, I can't remember what other one. Oh, the London Ultra, which is 31 miles. So that was a bit of a shorter one. And then I also set up an event in my village to raise money for them. And mm. that became a regular thing. So every year that ran called Move It, Houghton and Whitton, which is where I'm from, Mm -hmm. and got all the community involved and they all ran their own distances. I did like 42 miles, I think, on the first one and kind of repeated that each year. And ever since that, then, been uh, very into the running. And then I met an amazing, amazing group of people last year, which I ran from London to Birmingham on the way up to the National Running Show, which was launched last year. And it just so happens I know the owner, founder, a guy called Mike Seaman, who's one of my very very good friends and he invited me along but I was running with some of the motivational speakers from the running show so there's nine of us and Mm. I always always remember meeting them all for the first time and we're sat in this (laughs) we were sat in this room in London and Mike said right let's introduce each other because we're going to spend a week together running from London to Brighton so we may as well get to know each other so he introduced himself I'm Mike and I'm founder of the National running show. I've done a few triathlons and ultras and stuff. Next person is a guy called Jamie Ramsey, who's now one of my best friends. And he said, My name's Jamie Ramsey. I ran from Vancouver to Buenos Aires 17,000 miles with a baby stroller over the Andes. And I'm like, Oh my God, who? Jeez. What? Yeah. And then the next person said, Oh, hi, my name's Nikki Love. I hold the, work, the record for back to back. Marathons for women 63 and 63, 63 marathons, 63 days. Wow. Then the next guy said, Oh, hi, my, my name's Ben Smith. I've done 401 marathons in 401 days and raised over 320,000 pounds for bullying. And then it got to me, and I'm like, Hi, yeah, I've done, <laughs> I've done a few runs. <laughs> I don't know what I'm getting into. <laughs> and anyway, so that was last year, and that kind of gave me the courage meeting all these people who were so just mentally incredible and physically. The endurance they've put their bodies through is just unbelievable. And mm. and I ran the whole thing with them and it was amazing and probably one of the best weeks of my life. And this year I thought I'd want to do something again, but I'm not used to doing stuff on my own in terms of running. It's always a race with other people or that was with mm. those eight other people. This one, I thought I'm going to do it on my own and mm. brings you up to present
0: day. Okay. Before we get into the, the Seven, seven Mouth and Seven Days of Countries though, what do you think people like yourself and that elite group of people you've just described to us what is it about them that makes them able to do that stuff their
1: mind Mm -hmm. that is it it's hands down the way they think yeah they won't name any names whatsoever but they for different reasons have had to I think have a a look at their lives and have a look at what they were doing and Mm. it's not necessarily grounds zero, but they've they've got to a place where they've had to completely restart, I suppose, most of them. Mm. And that gives them the ability to think, well, actually, I need to do something with my life that is important to me, something that drives me, something that I'm doing for myself. And I think a lot of those people got to that point where they thought, well, I'm kind of living my life for what society wants, as opposed to actually what is going to really push me and empower me and make me proud to be who I am. And I really learned that that week. I mean, some of those people... Physically and not strong runners in the sense of speed. I mean, they were they were taking a long 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 time to do each run mm. but they never ever ever Even questioned whether they were doing it the next day. It was just it was happening. Yeah, and that's the way they live their lives I just found it incredible.
0: Yeah I mean, We were talking before we, we, we hit record about and listeners will know that I did the Arctic Circle race it was very interesting because I realise that mentally I'm not as tough as I think I am. I've done some endurance stuff before, some marathons, a Scotland coast to coast, which is 105 miles, but mainly on a bike. But even then I have a meltdown at the same point. It's a very unique kind of mindset that can chunk such a huge event and deal with it and deal with the physical element of it as well. But it's it's mentally extremely difficult, I think, when you know you've got the same old coming up not just the, the, the monotony of it, but the difficulty of it as well, to be able to chunk that down and deal with it in a rational way and not waste energy effing and jeffing about how much further it is, or even worse, guessing how much further you might think it is because it's never, ever. Yeah. You're never anywhere near where you think you are, are you? What is it for you then that enables you to do these things from a mental perspective? And How do you do it? What's your, what's your strategy for breaking it down?
1: I don't know that I've really thought about it that much in the sense I don't go in thinking right, this is the way I'm gonna deal with it mentally. But I suppose if I look at some of the tips I or I I use, there is that piece you just said, just if I looked at what I did, the Seven Marathons in Seven Days thing, then I look at the whole distance, which was nearly 200 miles. I can't quite remember the actual calculation, but mm. if I'd looked at this 200 miles, I really, really, really would have been petrified. And mm. I was at certain points, I had to keep on thinking it's just this mile. I've got to do this mile. And in about an hour and a half, two hours, three hours, this will be done and I'll be waiting for another plane and it's all fine. And there'll be an ice bath at the end and it's all fine. And I became quite strong at noticing, I suppose, my brain and or my mind and what it was saying. And if it was making me feel down or knackered or whatever, then I had to just pay attention to that. And then, then just, I suppose, bring my mind back to the fact that, like I just said, it's going to finish. And these other people, this is another thing that kind of worked for me realizing these other people who have done so much more than me, mm-hmm. like they, they physically can do it. If they can do it, then anyone can do it. And I also knew that I was raising money, like you alluded to earlier. And because of that, because I'd, publicly talked about the fact i'm doing this the moment i put that on facebook and said i'm doing this i knew i've got to do it yeah. whereas if i would it to myself i probably could quite easily have just gone out there taking some selfies pretending i was running and then not actually done it but yeah i kind of made it to other people and that really does drive me but because of that i knew that i was going to finish it i knew i was going to do it even though i couldn't run on my leg because my achilles had Completely screwed up before I even started. So I didn't do any training for two months before because my Achilles had ballooned up and I oh, really hadn't done too much in terms of training, which is probably a bit silly. But again, still, I managed to get through it.
0: Yeah, well, what can sometimes happen is you can train all the way up to the event and be not particularly recovered and rested. That, I guess, wasn't an issue. <laughs> I was perfect. You got overtrained. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Cool. Let's talk about the event itself then. You know, firstly, why were you doing it? What was the reason for it? Am I right, is it East Anglia Children's Hospital that you were doing this particular challenge for? That's right. Yeah. It's, yeah. So it sounds like there might be a personal interest there. Well, there the,
1: there is and there isn't. So I have a few friends who have children who are in need, and I've raised money in the past for and different people to help them out. My stepmom's actually a trustee of each. Mm. And so I know a lot about the work they do. So therefore I care about it because she deeply does. And because I've heard so many stories, I really care about what they do in terms of helping families with children with life limiting conditions. And so mm. I knew that any work that I could do or any way that I could raise money and get support, it was actually helping real lives. And that that means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. So there was no personal connection other than those. But I'm going to keep on raising money for each because I believe so strongly in what they do. So okay. it's just about making a difference to those children. So, yeah, that was, I'll say all that is, but it's it's, it's enough of a connection for me to have wanted to do it and to keep on doing it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it's a charity that anyone could connect with. You know, you've either got children, you know children, and, you know, the hospital does such amazing work. Okay, so why seven marathons in seven days? Three layers of complexity, this, right? Seven marathons, <laughs> then you add in seven days. yeah, And then the ultimate challenge, I imagine, was logistically, although I have read an article saying that you didn't really think much about the logistics until quite late on. <laughs> seven different countries, not locations. So break that down for me.
1: Okay, so your question was, how did I kind of come up with it? Why did I do that? Partly because I knew, as you do bigger and bigger challenges, people care less and less and less unless you do more and more and more. Especially when it comes to raising money. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And for me, about raising money, I came up with the idea on my dad's 70th birthday, randomly enough, complete coincidence. I was driving home and I thought, "I, I haven't done anything in a year that's really pushed. There's another seven. <laughs> Say
0: again? <laughs> There's another seven. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's 70th birthday, yeah. Oh, I see, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, good point, I didn't even think of that. Let's see if we can find some more. Anyway, go on.
1: Maybe that's where it came from. Maybe that's where it came from.
0: It's Darren Brown style subliminal suggestion.
1: It really was. It's all my dad's fault. <laughs> and I was driving home and I thought, I haven't done anything to push myself in, in a while. I'd done a towpath about, at the start of the year, but about, Four or five years ago, I decided to do, around this time I did my first ultras, three things a year that really challenged me and pushed me so I could understand and learn more about myself. And I realized I was driving home from my dad's thing. that I hadn't really been doing that so much. And I felt like I was missing something, I suppose, a little bit. I wanted to do something which is going to drive me. So that's where the original, I'm going to do something, came up from. I then brainstormed different things to do. I was thinking about running coast to coast across UK then I was thinking Paris to London but I knew I wanted to do something on my own because all of these other people who I've met who had inspired me they all did stuff on their own and I thought that scares the hell out of me because I've always had the support I don't have to plan anything I just let people tell me what to do and then I'll just run and I'm fine so I thought I'm going to actually do something that I'm creating and owning to a degree and that I don't have anyone else to rely on so I've got to step up my game so Mm -hmm. the idea of the seven marathons came because I literally could only afford to take a week off work. So I had a week so I wanted to do something over 7 days and I wanted something which would get people donating. Mm-hmm. And I also haven't journeyed or traveled that much and it sounds a bit silly but I wanted to see some of these cities and yeah that's where the ideas came from. So yeah, it was logistically an absolute nightmare to arrange and work out where I was actually going to run because half of the places that you want to run don't connect with other places or the flights are too early so I had to make sure that every flight was after three o'clock so that I could get to the airport for one which means I'd have to check out normally by 11 which means I'd have to start most of the actual marathons at around seven in the morning.
0: Wow so you're running a four-hour marathon?
1: Yeah. Wow
0: for for all seven of them?
1: I did it in 28 hours 22 minutes.
0: Okay so so
1: yes. (laughs) The first one was under, second one was under, then I did a couple which were over, and then randomly my last one, which was in Sardinia, which is just one of my favourite ever places, I did eight minutes faster than any of the others I did in 3.51. And I think that just shows the mental piece because I knew I was finishing. So I I did my last two miles in sub seven minute miles, which was...
0: Which is very punchy.
1: But it, it was just because I knew there was a beer at the end. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna, I'm gonna get there. Gonna get there. So yeah, it was it was logistically difficult to kind of work out where I was going to go. As you've said in one of the articles that someone wrote, um, or I was interviewed for, I did a disastrously poor amount of planning. Apart from booking the flights, mm. I didn't book my last hotels until three days before. Mm. <laughs> so it's not planning is not my hot niche really. But it all it all somehow pieced together and worked out okay.
0: Yeah. So talk us through then. What was, obviously, these aren't organized official marathons with medals at the end and cheers because they don't work like that. They're not seven in a row. No. So were none of them, did you have anyone that was an official marathon? No. That you, you positioned position the week around? Okay. So talk us through where you went first. So it started in London. Yep. So I had
1: done the London Marathon. I was originally going to reroute, so rerun the London Marathon route. So I've got my dog laying on my. Yeah,
2: I see, yeah.
1: Rerun the marathon the marathon route but the night before my friend mike who is the guy who runs the running show who i mentioned earlier he was actually going to join me for some of the first run just to support and pace me as well mm. and he was like, i don't think we should rerun that same route because it's going to be around nine o'clock by the time you get to canary wolf it's going to be dangerous so actually we just ended up going essentially up and down the thames path mm. and finished somewhere near green park i think it was and mike joined me for about eight or nine miles of it Mm. so then i sprinted off down to gatwick and went to paris then the next day no sorry i'm lying no it was amsterdam then it was berlin then it was paris then venice then geneva then sardinia
0: okay and when you say sprinted i take it someone picked you up buzzed you down to gatwick shower
1: I got back, I had a shower, had to be out of my room within 20 minutes, so I yeah. had a quick shower, got packed, uh, got on the tube down to Victoria, got on a train, and that was pretty much what happened every single day. It was you know, just me trying to get public transport, and a couple of times, for example, in Paris, I even got on a bus to the wrong airport at one point and I had to jump off <laughs> and get a taxi to the other airport. So
0: there was there was no support crew? No. You? Yeah. Wow, that's extraordinary. <laughs> Getting yourself from you know, most people finish a marathon when I last did a marathon. I ran it last year. We went, uh, believe it or not, to McDonald's, and believe it or not, it was full of people wearing marathon medals. So we chilled out, we had a schlep about McDonald's because we were craving salt,
1: yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: And that is the genuine reason. And then you know, you go home, you have an ice bath, you tell everyone you've done it, you Facebook, and you sit, yeah, you didn't do any of that, you tour back to the hotel got yourself on public it's easy enough in London I guess and I know you're not based in or are you based in London I don't think so
1: no I'm based up in Cambridge I work in London yeah I thought so, so I, know, I I can get a way around London pretty so, you
0: know, yeah yeah but the other cities probably were quite new to you
1: <laughs> yeah, those other cities I had no idea where I was going what I was doing
0: so how did you manage the recovery side of things then a uh, physical recovery I'm talking about and mental yeah well
1: there they were both actually. I'll go to the mental bit in a minute. Mm. The physical piece, because I've done quite a lot of runs, there is definitely some ability in my body to kind of recover or just keep running quite easily day mm. after day. So I'm very lucky like that. But I found out about ice baths on the Wednesday, on the third day. And my goodness, the difference they made. Yeah. They were horrible. I mean, I, I was close to screaming Yeah, in them for about Half an hour, and the problem is because I've gone with really cheap hotels as well. Some of them I only had a shower, so I'm trying to sit down on the face of the shower. But my even with my short little legs, my legs wouldn't go straight, and so some days I couldn't have an ice bath. But that made a massive difference when I did do that, and also just eating the right stuff Mm. and eating enough of it because that silly things like I got to Berlin on I think it was on a Sunday, I can't quite remember, maybe it was a Saturday, but there was nowhere, I couldn't get any food for the morning, porridge or anything like that. So I had to kind of, I don't know, sometimes just eating was really difficult because of the times I was getting cases. Mm, yep. But then the other side you mentioned in terms of the mental recovery, I felt very strong the whole time mentally. But when I finished, it was interesting because the week after, I kind of went quite numb, I suppose. Mm. I think you call it kind of runner's blues. And I don't know if it's quite that, but mm. there was definitely something mentally in my head, which just made me quite, I don't know, unemotional, let's say. right? And maybe that I dived straight back into work and I didn't have time to fully compute everything that I've done. But mm. it was strange. But yeah, about a week that lasted and then I was fine again.
0: You mentioned earlier that you wanted to get back into this stuff to learn more about yourself and how you think and how you work. What did you learn from this seven-day challenge?
1: Good question. I, I learned that I can look after myself. It sounds really silly because I've, I've lived on my own for a long time and there's never really been a question mark. But I think because I often rely on other people to kind of push me to do stuff or to take control of stuff if I'm involved in a run, I'll like get other people to tell me the way or set it up and organize it and I suppose the the main thing is if if I set my mind to something I know I can do it there was never a question mark in my head that I would not finish it even if the only issue was my Achilles because I had really really angered my Achilles before I even started running so my big question mark was whether that was going to allow me to continue but assuming that I could physically do it I even if I did it in slow 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 marathons as long as I could get to the airport and I got there in time I knew I'd Complete it. So for me, for me, it was just being able to sit, realize with myself that I can do more than I probably realized. And I, if I put my mind to it, then I can do it. And I, I came out of it and I felt like I've done something really positive. I've made a big difference for mm. the charity, and I feel proud of what I've done. And I feel proud that my kids know that I've done that, and mm. it's a good thing for them to see. So I think that's the main stuff that I learned is just that with the right focus, and actually, if I push myself I can do whatever I want I just need to take control of my life as opposed to letting other people do it
0: yeah I think that's that whole getting into discomfort zone to drive better resilience and more confidence and so on I want to ask you in a second how that perhaps because you're a founder and a director of your own business how that you can translate some of that experience and those learnings into business but well, let's go there. Actually, I mean, t- how well does it translate into? Does it help you in the running of a business? Because there are, you know, many many challenges involved in that. Some of them, I think, are uh, you know the resilience and the determination and the sticking to the why and a purpose could definitely yeah. be mapped into business. But have you found that?
1: Yeah, it's funny actually because my business is a sales and marketing training company. And we talk about purpose, autonomy, mastery a lot. We talk about start with why the whole Simon Sinek thing. And we train people in a business sense. And when I started Flume back in 2010, it all came around the same sort of time that I I went through a big change in my life. So I split up with my children's mum back then. And within that three month period after that, a lot of things change obviously as it does when Mm. something happens thought I'm going to take the opportunity to do something even more scary. Well, not more scary, but something else scary, which is to start a business. So I left my company i have been working at for 11 years and and set up Flume. And I knew why I was doing it at that point, because, again, it was kind of this taking control of my life thing that I mentioned just then, again, I suppose. And proving to people I could do stuff like that, I think, was important to me. Mm -hmm. But also, the whole purpose behind my business was because I believed a lot of the marketing and sales training out there was not serving its purpose which is to change behaviors and actually help people make money and Mm. that was my drive that i thought if i can kind of combine something i love doing i'm very good at doing but also it's for the right cause and that's going to really enable me to run a business that's going to survive and thrive because it's happening for the right reason and it's still to the day the purpose behind the business is to drive results and behaviors, and we've created ways of doing that. And it's all because of what I believed when I set up the business, which was that most companies doing what we do don't necessarily either do it for the right reasons or actually do what clients need. So yeah, it's a really big thing in my life and it is every single thing that we do within the business, whether it's recruiting or whether it's what we train or whether it's the products we create, are all driven from that one purpose. And it's always the question we ask is, is it kind of doing the right thing for the client? Is it going to get results? And that always gives you the right answer as to whether you should do it or not.
0: Yeah. And I think being fit for the rigors of business, some of which you've outlined there, is essential. I don't even fit in sort of the running, squatting, benching kind of but overall fitness, You know, focusing on all aspects of health, but also regularly getting into discomfort zone, building confidence, building resilience. I'm interviewed Spencer Locker, who's one of the guys that shouts in the faces of the contestants on SAS, Who Dares Wins. He was on the show two, three months ago. Yeah, And we were, we were talking about why it is that so many people want to run marathons, but also even kind of like, you know, more, more wild stuff, if you like, like Tough Mudders and Spartan races. And his theory, which I completely agree with, is that despite that, you know, running a business, I run a business as well, is a huge amount of challenge. And it's good times, bad times. And you've got to roll with the punches and stay committed to that purpose and to the cause. But despite all of that, life is also quite safe and comfortable, even when you may be having difficult time in low sales figures or whatever, it's still quite safe, quite comfortable. And it may be something primitive that's pushing us to start doing more of these challenging events, more physically challenging events, mentally challenging events. I don't know. What's your thought on that?
1: I think for me, I know that my next thing that I do is going to be bigger, not because I'm but it's purely a drive internally that tells me I want to do something bigger next. And there's got to be an end to that at one point, but I do think that it's, whether it's mentally or I don't know what it is that drives me to do it, but I want to challenge myself and see what I can achieve. I'm only here once. Mm. So why, yeah. why do I do less next time? It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. So for example, my next run I'm meant to be doing, and I say meant to because I, it, true rail style, still haven't fully planned it, but in July, start of July, I'm meant to be going across Iceland. Oh, wow. My friend Jamie, who I said earlier, who's the guy who did the yep. 15,000 miles, he's doing seven adventures this year, including cycling across australia and he's running across madagascar he's just done the hey Duke trail and and anyway this is one of them so he's inviting me along to that mm. and i am petrified because he's an incredibly powerful endurance athlete who is so focused it's unbelievable and i've got to keep up with him and meet him halfway across iceland cuz i'm not doing the whole thing so i haven't got enough time to take off work mm. but i know for me that's going to be incredibly tough because that's going to be in theory foot because of the solid 24 hour daylight almost it's going to be four hours running four hours sleeping four hours running four hours sleeping Mm. with no support crew apart from him and with a rucksack and a tent Mm. so that that's something that's really really gonna scare me a lot and that's what I kind of like the idea of because I'd like to even if I don't finish it or don't do as well as I want to to say I've tried yeah kind of feels right I don't want to miss the opportunity yeah
0: yeah I get a sense from talking to you, we'll have to close, unfortunately, that you will do it. Um, just briefly, have you thought about the Marathon de Sable?
1: Oh, someone asked me about that the other day. When I run in heat with a big rucksack, which I often have done back from work, I often almost pass out. I get like, I think it's mm. a low blood pressure thing, or I'm not sure what it is, but it's, kept, it's yep. worn by the heat. So it sounds like a terrible excuse, but doing that <laughs> in the searing heat with a big rucksack, mm. I, I don't know.
0: Well, it wouldn't be with a big rucksack, but I'm not trying to sell it to you because it's been suggested to me after the Arctic Circle, and and I'm not particularly interested in doing that much running. I would just say no. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, then that's it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it's really good to talk to you. You too. I wish you well with all your future challenges. Please keep in touch. Congratulations on raising 3K for the East Anglia Children's Hospital.
1: Thank you very much.
0: If anyone wants to donate, I believe the page is still open. It if they go into Virgin Money Giving. What do they look for when they get to Virgin Money Giving?
1: I, if you type in my name, I believe, would get to it. But I can give you a link directly after this. Yeah,
0: I can find it online. So we'll post a link. Your business is at Flume, F L U M E training on Twitter. Your Raul Monks1 on Twitter. URL for the business is flumetraining.com based in London. You do sales and marketing, consultancy, coaching, and training, I believe. I just want to say thank you very much for coming on the show. I've really enjoyed that chat.
1: Me too. Thank you.
0: Keep in touch, as I say, and all the best for the future.
1: Thank you. Take care. Have a great day.
0: Interested in finding out what your health IQ is? Jump on our website, www.bodyshotperformance.com and click on take the test. It'll take you through to a short two to three minute test. And at the end of that, you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals, sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion and fitness. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much for listening.